0: My next guest is a journalist, speaker, career agility guide, and founder of Raise to Rise. She's on a mission to help brilliant professional women unapologetically make bold career moves. Please welcome Sarah McElroy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. I am here today with Sarah. Hey. Hey, Anna! thank you so much for having me. Of course, I'm so excited to have you on. So feel free to take us on this journey with you and share with us who you are, what you do, and why you're so passionate about what you do.
1: You got it, absolutely. Well, up until the last... Six to eight months, we'll say, I was your typical corporate good girl, climbing the ladder, doing everything I could to follow the rules and check off all the boxes. I climbed to the C suite by the age of 35. But yeah. over the past two years, I started to feel a bit of a rumbling that something wasn't quite right. And Mm -hmm. it first began during the pandemic when I was working up to 20 hours a day between both my executive level job and an executive MBA program I was doing. And what had always been possible for me as far as just being able to put the pedal to the metal anytime I needed to, it suddenly wasn't working anymore. Now, granted, 20 hours a day was not something that I always did, and it wasn't every single day, Mm -hmm. but it just became clear that I couldn't work like this anymore. And so Mm -hmm. I burned out really hard. I had a couple of episodes of throwing up blood and that wasn't enough to get me to slow down. So ultimately in April, 2021, I had a bout of shingles. And I remember sitting in the doctor's office and he tells me my diagnosis and I am overjoyed. Mm. I'm thrilled because I get... 10 straight days off of work for a socially acceptable reason, and no one can say anything about it. And Mm. I just had this moment of like, oh my gosh, Sarah, I, you know, I have so much compassion when I look back on that version of me. And I'm so proud that I had the self awareness at the time to be like, Okay, this is not a normal response to an illness that could potentially lead to paralysis and blindness. Like, this isn't a normal sort of a thing. So, I hit the Mm -hmm. life reset button. I found a new job in Florida. I moved. I started focusing so much more on my own well being. I got into kind of some holistic healing modalities after. Uh, going to Peru in between the two jobs and doing a wellness retreat, so I mm-hmm. flipped everything on its head. But I get down to Florida, and my burnout isn't really healing, and I can't figure out why. It's like I'm I'm working fewer hours, mm-hmm. I'm logging off at night. Yeah. What is going wrong? And ultimately, I realized that I was I was dealing with a a sexual harassment issue that wasn't being properly addressed, but but in my mind, burnout was just overworking. Burnout wasn't mm-hmm. that kind of situation, and I finally had the realization that walking into that organization every single day, wondering what was going to happen, just so anxious and uh, struggling truly, it was like a paper cut on my nascently healing burnout. So Mm -hmm. ultimately, I ended up quitting that job. They did finally, months later, do a really just perfunctory investigation into the Mm -hmm. situation. And it was so just sort of check the box that I quit the next day no two weeks notice. I wrote this blistering anti-harassment res- resignation letter, and I was just, I was done. But, you know, it was like something had just broken open in me between these two sorts of things, and I wanted to figure out on the other side, what are other women experiencing? I cannot be the only one. Look at these millions of women also putting their jobs as part of the Great Resignation, what are their stories, their defining moments, Mm -hmm. their breaking points? And so ultimately, I ended up founding Raise to Rise, which is a journalism project amplifying women's voices from the Great Resignation and capturing their stories. And it's led me to so many uh, amazing things as far as a book and working on some career transition programming that'll be coming out later. So Mm -hmm. It's been a heck of a journey <laughs> as yeah. this sort of description gives you a little insight into, but gosh, I sure wouldn't change it because this is powerful stuff and powerful yeah. work we're talking about here for every single female leader out there.
0: Wow. This is like, wow. I'm so happy that you're sharing your story. I'm so happy that you're bringing all these women together. For them to share theirs. So I'm curious to know, like, what was the biggest, like, insight that you got from talking to all these other women?
1: This is my favorite thing to talk about, actually, because I, being that sort of corporate good girl, I... Mm totally bought into the school of thought that is our careers and the way we approach them should be logical, rational, pragmatic, all Ooh, those things. Yeah. Find that stable job, climb the ladder, pull down fatter paychecks, and you know, don't rock the boat along the way. Show up as that kind of good corporate performer. But every woman that I interviewed had this moment of knowing, just knowing that she had to leave her job. And that was the same thing for me too. And I was just so floored by this because it wasn't like some women did do some, some spreadsheets and pro con lists and things like that, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. the mental gymnastics that Mm -hmm. got women to that tipping point where they ultimately said, I have to leave. We just knew and so for me, it became, oh my gosh, our intuition, our gut instinct, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it, that is such a critical part of how we should be navigating our careers. But one, we've not been taught that. It goes against mm-hmm. good conventional wisdom related yeah. to how we're supposed to make decisions. And if we think about intuition, it is not really given a place in the workplace Mm. because it's kind of dismissed as too soft. It's not backed by data or numbers. It could be considered even a little bit on the woo side of things. And I think we've done intuition a huge disservice by just dismissing it. Mm. And when women across the board this is the one red thread that i could find across every single one of the interviews aside from every woman you know awakening to an idea that there was there was more for them out there they wanted to reprioritize what they were focusing on in their lives this was the connective tissue of all of the interviews. And it's like, oh my gosh, we've got to figure out how to harness the power of this inner knowing that's so strong in us as women and learn how to bring it to bear in our careers, even though that's counterintuitive to what we've always thought was the way we were supposed to operate.
0: Yes. Ah, I love this so much. I talk a lot about it and you're so right. And I'm so like, wow, like it's true. We have that. We have that inner knowing that power and like, let's utilize it and let's maximize it. So I'm curious to know, like, did you find that most of these women like had a career change or like, did they start their business? Like what did they do after they resigned? You
1: know, that has been the really cool thing about this project is that you'll often hear the stories of women who quit their jobs to become entrepreneurs, and I spoke with a number of women who did just that. They quit, they started their own businesses, and they're moving in a completely different direction from what they were doing before. Now, I guess it could be, though, that they're doing the same type of work, they're just not corporate, but some of them really did move in that direction of, I'm going to blaze my own trail. But we also found, or found through lots of these interviews too, that there were women who were just swipping, switching jobs from one corporate organization mm. to another. But that's just as powerful too. And I think that's what is important to bring into the conversation here is that a lot of women, when you talk about quitting your job, people just assume that you're saying, you know, quit your job and become an entrepreneur. And mm-hmm. That's okay if that's not your path. That turns off a lot of people because it's yeah. like, you know, there's there's privilege to be said in that for people who can, who can take time away and have additional funds to be able to invest in that. And that's not what this movement is about, nor is it about having even, you know, that some people don't have that courage or desire related to becoming an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. feel more comfortable working at a corporate role. And that is more than okay. This to me, this movement is getting in touch with that deeper, wiser part of you. Tara Moore, who wrote a book back in 2014 called Playing Big, and it's all about how women can tap into the wisdom of their inner mentor. She says like, there's this deeper, wiser part of us. And I think that's what this is about. This is connecting with that part of you to figure out what is the best path for you and Mm. fulfillment and success and all of those things will look differently for every single woman out there. And that is amazing, whatever that is. It is not Mm. about having to you know, take this huge leap and start something big of your own. It's just about you finding the right fit for you. Um, And I love too, as part of this conversation, this could mean for some women, it could be Taking a break from the workforce entirely to spend time with their kids. It could be downshifting from a higher level role, and then at some point deciding to move more into uh, climbing back up the corporate ladder. I love the metaphor of a career jungle gym here, and Cheryl mm-hmm. Sandberg first brought that to bear in her book *Lean In*, and I think it's really true. It just becomes our careers should be a reflection of who we are at our most authentic core rather than what anybody else wants from us or thinks we should do or what we're watching all these people do, quitting their jobs and creating six-figure businesses. It's not about that.
0: Mm, yes. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm so I'm so passionate about it because it's just like yeah. there are so many women out there who can oftentimes feel stuck and feel like, oh, I don't really I don't feel really feel the calling to become an un- entrepreneur or maybe I have too much fear in that space. And that's more than OK. And I just want women out there to know that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So let's say a woman come to you and says like, I'm ready to make a bold move. I'm ready for a change. I'm ready to pivot. Like what would you tell them they should do first? Ooh,
1: that is a wonderful question. Well, in the same vein of what we were talking about before, I deeply believe that what we've been taught as far as taking a career when we're in our late teens, early 20s, before our the prefrontal cortex of our brain is even fully developed. And that is the part of our brain that is uh, important to executive function and behavior and is really the kind of the core essence of who we are. That isn't even fully developed until we're 25 years old. Mm-hmm. So it's mind boggling to me that we are... Yeah telling people that you should pick your career and know exactly what path it's going to be and you're going to commit to it for the next 30 to 40 years before your brain is even fully developed and then you you take that a step further and we're we're encouraged to have dreams when we're younger but As soon as that gets past a a certain age, it's not cute anymore to be like, I'm going to be a a singer-marine biologist, rocket scientist that a precocious six-year-old may say she wants to do. But then at some point, we're told to... Kind of tamp down our dreams, make them more realistic, and ensure that there's enough stability and security, and and the paychecks are going to be good enough in that realm, whatever it is. And so I just think like we cut ourselves off from our intuition at a young age because of what we've been taught. So, my focus in my work going forward and the book that I'm working on is about helping women return to the kind of most whole version of them, the one Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. uh, the workplace, society, or, you know, well-meaning parents and other adults and friends and loved ones, before any of them started putting their opinions out there, and all of a sudden we, that noise, that cacophony, we can't hear ourselves anymore, and we can't hear our inner wisdom anymore. And so Mm -hmm. it's about doing the work to excavate the the stories, the limiting beliefs we have around what we can and should do Mm. to get back to the core of who we are, and then making really intentional conscious choices related to our careers from there. Because we see that as part of the Great Resignation, depending on the survey that you might come across, anywhere from 20% 20% to 70% of great resignationers are regretting the the move that they made. Now, mm. I don't I don't believe that it's necessarily to say that you know everybody was wrong in quitting or anything like that. It's just that I don't think people know that there is this deeper work <laughs> to be mm, done yes. to architect an intentional approach to our careers. And so that's what I would say is like. This is not about knee jerk moves. And and granted, I I was the one who kind of did one with my my last resignation, obviously. But on the whole, it's not about knee jerk moves. It's about coming home to you and designing a career that's right for you moving forward in Mm -hmm. as slow of a way as you need to do it, however, it needs to happen and look for you.
0: Oh, so good. Yeah, I always say that. I always say, like, I love to help women come back home to their themselves and truly know themselves and what they're passionate about and following that intuition again. And yeah, I love that so much. And so I ask this to everyone who comes on the show, and I'm curious to know your answer. What does it mean for you to be a powerful leader?
1: I think being a powerful leader is about knowing who you are, and leading from a place of vulnerability. Now, I say that too, because shortly after I left my last job, I did Brene Brown's Dare to Lead program. And it is all about Flipping the script on the current ways of approaching leadership in corporate, which is much more of this armored leadership where I'm coming in and I'm protecting myself and my vulnerabilities and my weaknesses daily versus on the flip side, daring leadership, which takes courage. And as you double click on that what she found through her interviews with thousands of business leaders is that vulnerability is really at the heart of courageous leadership. And so Mm -hmm. that is about being able to show up every day and say things like, I don't know the answer, but we're going to figure it out together, leading from a place of curiosity rather than, uh, you know, judging what somebody else is trying to do and, and being better communicators. So I think that's part of it. And then, um, I probably no surprise that the the other side of this to me is also using your voice when others yeah. can't. Yeah. So yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vulnerability is so big. Like I always say that I always say like, go out there and share your story. Like you don't know who you might inspire and yes. it all starts from there, you know? So Absolutely.
1: It's so true. I mean, this whole sort of paradigm of like you're one person at work and you're one person at home, it was obliterated during the pandemic as we all are showing up from our homes for work, at least for the remote workers. And, you know, things just changed. We became more caring about what our coworkers and their families were going through and things like that. And I think that's a real boon, a real advance for workers you know, coming out of the pandemic. And so we see that we are so much more productive, more engaged. We're happier when we're able to be ourselves, be vulnerable. And we see that others are meeting us there too, because that's a critical piece of it. You can't be vulnerable if other people around you are, are armoring up. So the more that we can all show up and make courageous decisions and bring daring leadership to bear by being vulnerable, the better off we're all going to be.
0: Yes. Amen. Love it. (laughs) Amazing. So I know people would want to like connect with you, follow you, learn more about your projects. So let us know where they can go online to find you.
1: Yes, absolutely. I would love that. There is nothing that I enjoy more than speaking to women about this and hearing their stories, whether you've left a job or you haven't, because I've had an equal number of women reaching out who are feeling stuck but haven't resigned yet. You can find me on LinkedIn and Instagram. I'm Sarah J, as in Jean McElroy on there. And then my project Raise to Rise is raisetorise.com and that's R-A-Z-E. and would love to to speak with anyone there and support you in whatever way that I can
0: amazing well thank you again so much Sarah for being here you're awesome keep doing your work it's so needed in today's world thank
1: you thank you and same to you I cannot wait to see the the work that you continue to do as well and to be connected with
0: you